We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio, Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivero. Here's always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, I an old podcast almost just played on my iTunes. <laughs> Since our last podcast, it's been a another week of nothing happening for the Los Angeles Rams. We currently have. 45 players on the roster. The next lowest team has 57, I believe. How how you feeling? How you have you having a good off season? You having fun? What's the vibe here? Uh, well, if it's about Rams content, I'm not having a good time. But if it's uh, uh if it's anything else, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Just got back from Portland, um. Yeah, it's just been a lot of nothing in in the world of the Rams. But Steve, that's about to change very soon because the draft is actually less than a month away. It's coming. And I think we'll really start looking at prospects and everything pretty soon on this podcast. When Johnny texted me today asking if I want to do the podcast, I said, about what? Because we had nothing to talk about. Uh, so we're going to run through each position on the roster, look at who's here, and talk about whether or not we think the Rams should invest in these positions in the draft, and if so, what kind of investment do we think we should make. Uh, before we get to that, there was a great, great uh, quote that came out from Jim Ursay this week talking about how he's building his team this year uh, to local reporters. He said the following, there's an article recently saying the Rams mortgaged their future and now they're paying for it after they won the Super Bowl and had all that success with the draft picks not being there. To me, that's what you have to be careful about. 
And so this is a very funny quote for a lot of reasons. I don't even think like this came out in a Peter King article. And if you read the article, this is how Peter King followed it up. He said, I get what I was saying, but let's make some numerical points here. Which team would you rather be? The Rams, 49 and 33 in their last five regular seasons with two conference titles, one Super Bowl, 5.1 million under the cap, franchise quarterback, 11 draft picks overall this year, and three in the top 100. Or you could be the Colts, 41, 40, and one in the last five seasons, zero conference titles, zero Super Bowl titles, 12.5 million under the cap, searching for a franchise quarterback with nine draft picks this year and three in the top 100. I'll be at the fourth overall pick. So, yeah, it's just a hilarious quote to put out there from Jim Mersey, who, like, when you say you mortgage the future for a Super Bowl and that's what you want to avoid, I think there's 31 other GMs in the league besides, I don't know, as an over, owner, 31 other owners who probably would mortgage their Super Bowl for a, or mortgage their, future for a Super Bowl. So it's kind of, it's almost like an oxymoron that you want to be careful about winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, so as far as the uh as far as the article is concerned, it's kind of weird because it should have been a straightforward answer. It really should have been because yes, are are the Rams you know, undergoing some major roster overhaul. Yes, there, there's no, no denying that. It, there's no denying that in 2023, uh, the Rams are going to have a hell of a time just to, to piece together a few wins. But at the same time, you can actually say it was worth it because they got a Lombardi trophy out of it. And that's something the Colts haven't been able to say, in, you know, since the Peyton Manning days. But that was a long time ago. You know, the idea is to, you know, try and secure that title. It's not easy. It, it, there's teams in this league that have been in the leagues for, you know, many decades and still haven't achieved a Super Bowl championship. So, yeah, I I think that every team should try their best to win the Super Bowl. And this kind of weird concept that, that you know the Colts owner was saying is just I I don't I don't understand it like I I understand maybe to take you know precautions so that the rebuild isn't so bad but he just went off the rail there and basically suggested that mediocrity is acceptable it's it is a little you know rich too coming from somebody who had one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play and managed to get two Super Bowl appearances and one one Super Bowl championship out of it, then drafted another generational prospect and let him get so injured to the point where he retired at 30. I mean, maybe he should have mortgaged his future a little bit to <laughs> win with Peyton Manning. You know, maybe that would have been a, a good thing because look at them now. They're just filtering through recycling bin quarterbacks and to very little results. They've had one wild wild card win over the last five years. We've been to two Super Bowls and won one. So, you know, 
Okay, Jim. <laughs> Keep being careful, buddy. Let's see where let's see where it nets you out. I, I feel like okay Jim is gonna be the, the next uh okay boomer. Okay, Jim. <laughs> uh <laughs> okay. Moving on. We're gonna run through the roster here and we'll just talk about what we think the Rams should do with the draft. They they do have money in free agency. They could address some of these positions. My gut tells me there maybe is like one mild splash free agent. That's about it because they can't do much else. We're going to go through defense first because we always do offense first. So we'll go backwards. We're going to end with quarterback instead of starting with it. Defensive line, Johnny, back this year, Aaron Donald. And let me know if any of these players aren't on the team. Honestly, the best roster I could find is Wikipedia. Uh, Aaron Donald, Marquise Copeland, Ernest Brown, Bobby Brown, Laryl Murchison, Jonah Williams, TJ Carter. Some of these guys have some promise, but essentially it's Aaron Donald in a box of scraps here. That being said, like we're going to get to a lot of, and also we should preface it this too, like, at the end of this day, at the end of the day, pick 36, it probably kind of should be a best player available pick with a couple exceptions, right? Like, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a fair assessment because there, I, I mean, as we're going to discuss down the line, there really isn't a position that the Rams shouldn't address at some point. Of course, they can't address them all, but if there is best player available at a certain position, doesn't matter if it's not a huge need at the moment. If there's a guy that can change uh, your roster and you think that he's worth taking, absolutely take him. Yeah, I, I literally looking at the roster, I don't think there's a single position, quarterback included, where if the best player on your board is there, like you shouldn't, you should take him. No question. Um, no question at all. But so we'll treat this as like, should they draft early? And by early, I mean really just day two, later, day three, um, or just fill it in a draft free agency. For defensive line, like as odd as it sounds, I think there are, like you have Aaron Donald here. If you're going to go with a pass rusher, Early on, I think it should be on the edge. I think this is a position where they probably should add a body or two later in the draft if you can. Um, if not, take your shots in undrafted free agency. Like, none of these guys are really popping off the page here, but there's a small amount of potential to find a okay starter, I guess. You know, I can't imagine any of these guys in the roster are going to be like playmakers in the league. But a body that can contribute, I think, is possible. And I would probably look more in, like, the fifth or sixth round at addressing this um, because there's just so many holes here that are at important positions. Uh, as far as uh, edge rusher is concerned, I, I mean, you if if there's a edge rusher in the draft that particularly with their second-round pick, uh, if if one falls to them, Absolutely, take them. Why not? Um, it's kind of at that point where 
you know, that's one of the tougher positions to find. And, you know, even if you go in free agency in 2024, the Rams will have to really outbid so many other teams for, you know, one of the top edge rushers. Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure uh, who's going to be a free agent in 2024. I haven't looked that far ahead. But regardless, um, it's a lot cheaper to try and find one in the draft. It's just not that easy. So if someone falls in in the draft, you know, I, I say go for it. What That's clearly one of the top needs uh, for the Rams. Um, but again, that's also kind of dangerous too because particularly at this position, it's not an easy position to find. And to sit there and, and you know, reach for an edge rusher I think is more of a disservice if there's – another, you know, player available that can, um, you know, fill another need that that's, that's going to be the challenge. I feel like um, less need in the Rams are going to have is trying to overlook the huge glaring need that they have at the, uh, at edge rusher to, <laughs> um, you know, try and find another position, um, yeah, that, that, I mean, typically that's what you would do is is look immediately at edge rusher, but we'll see. We'll see how um, who falls uh, if any falls. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think there's going to be far more talented players available at a different position. Um, and you know, if you if you force it at edge, you're you're it's going to be it's going to be tough. I think. Yeah, realistically, you're probably either trading up a little bit or. It just, um, or reaching, like you said. That being said, I think they have three picks on day, day two. Thirty six. You don't want to reach for anyone. Sixty nine or seventy seven. They needed to. They needed to draft an edge rusher. They have these are the edge rushers: Daniel Hardy, Michael Hoyt, Keir Thomas, Zach Van Valkenburg. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> that guy's on the team. Yes. Um... If if you recall, there was uh, he had like that one moment where he made I don't remember if it was a sack or a really good tackle, but um, he he had one game where he produced. And we're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and and um, yeah, he's after that you never heard from him again. We have forty five players on the roster, and I legitimately didn't know who one of them was. Um, those guys are like that is possibly the worst group of edge rushers in the history of pro football, right there. I mean, no disrespect to any of these guys. There's nobody there. There's nobody who's a starter, and I think yeah, there are some potential for like Michael Hoyt, uh, to a lesser extent Daniel Hardy, Keir Thomas. But I like the potential is like I said to like those guys at their peak will probably be like name drop here, like an Ethan Westbrook's type, or no, not Ethan Westbrook, like a William Hayes type, really good quality, rotational defensive end. Not like the guy. Like, none of these guys have even close to the potential to be like a top 30 edge rusher. Um, This is something that, yeah, 36, like like we've said, like you got to go best player available. If the best player there is not an edge rusher, you don't reach for it. 
But on those other two picks, I'm reaching for one, Johnny, because you need to fucking add somebody here. Uh, even if you get a like, like they've done in the past, you take a swing and you get somebody in a trade, like the Dante Fowler, Von Miller types, Leonard Floyd types, who's playing alongside of him? Like they need somebody here. Uh, you have to take a swing. I think they took a swing on Terrell Lewis and that not working out as crazy as it sounds set them back in a big way because that was kind of the guy that not that they were investing huge into him as a player, but I think you take him in the third round, you think at least he can be a rotational guy to a starter and he was neither. And now we're sitting here with nobody like nobody. I I think this is the weakest position on the roster. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You, you could definitely make that argument, and I, I no, no question whatsoever. And there are a few guys, there are a few names there that could potentially drop to the Rams just because of how, uh, I, I don't know uh, if, if uh, you've been paying attention to some of these, uh, you know, moves with other teams as far as like trading up in the draft, you know, trading down. Um, but it's going to be kind of interesting to see. I, I feel like this year's draft is going to be more traditional, what you'd come to expect than in previous years. And what I mean by that is, you know, teams reaching for quarterbacks, we, we haven't seen that at all, really, uh, in, in the past couple of drafts. You know, we've, we've seen yeah. them, of course, go after the top-tier draft, uh, uh, top-tier quarterbacks. But, you know, this is going to be traditional. You know, teams are going to really reach here. And, you know, guys that have no business being drafted in the top 10 are going to be drafted in the top 10. And that, of course, will have an effect for the Rams later on. So, um you know, there is a potential few guys, uh, particularly at edge rusher, that could fall. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't either. Yeah, you like you look at last year's draft, one quarterback draft in the first two rounds. Um, look at the year before, five. But even that, like, those guys were, I mean, maybe Mac Jones aside, the other four guys were mostly getting fourth or first round grades, right? Like Zach Wilson flew up draft boards, but you know, if he went two, if he goes 10, people are probably looking at it as a steal, uh, which is absolutely bananas in hindsight, but hindsight is very clear. So, um, yeah, it's, 
it's gonna be interesting what teams do. And yeah, like there are, I would, I still would not be shocked if they trade up. You know, I've I've been touting the the running back thing, which we'll get to later. But if there's an edge rusher there in the twenties you like, if there's a cornerback there, if, there, if there's an offensive lineman there, and yes, if there's a running back or dare I even say receiver, you're probably like they they might go get that guy because they have the capital to move up. Um, to like the twenties, not probably not much higher than that, but no. they they do no. have some capital, um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Truthfully, I feel like if the Rams move up at all, it will be in you know uh, twenty five or later. Um, I think moving above twenty five, I'd be entirely shocked unless they get you know a deal that they can't refuse. Uh, which right. I think that'd be going the other way. So um, yeah, I, I that's kind of how I view that. But uh, kind of shifting more towards um, interior uh, defensive line now. Uh, Steve, in your opinion, I, I know we kind of already addressed this, but do you think that the Rams should address uh, with their second round pick a defensive lineman, maybe nose tackle, maybe uh you know defensive end i i don't think so unless there's like a real not obviously you're at 36 it's not a can't miss prospect but a guy who is like clearly your top guy there like we said but i think like they've been able to fill the the positions on this defensive line it's kind of like safety um except you have aaron donald there so it's a lot easier to fill these positions but, like, you look at the guys who have come through here, like Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines. You know, none of these guys were high draft picks. Uh, and I, I feel like when they've went higher on these picks, is they haven't really gone that high since Aaron Donald. You know, um, it hasn't really worked out a ton. Was it Ernest Brown that was a – or Bobby Brown? Was he a third-round pick? I believe Fourth Bobby Brown was. Fourth-round pick. Um, but even him, like, got not, and I haven't got much out of him – um, nope. even like John Franklin Myers who worked out and then we cut him he was still a fourth round pick too so no I think like unless there's a guy who not not that it would be an Aaron Donald type prospect but like that kind of guy where you have to take him there even if it's not your biggest position to need I don't think you do it just be like just because we've talked about so many other positions and as much as the guys around Aaron Donald are not inspiring, they are still around Aaron Donald, who still exists. And so I don't think you need to like go all out to address that position. But again, and I can I'll stop caveating this because it's obvious. If there's a lights out prospect there that you love, you take him at any position here. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And uh, we won't get too much into specific players. But, like, if you really take a look, uh, particularly at the interior defenders, honestly, there isn't really a guy that's realistic um, that the Rams can get. Um, And, and, you know, selecting a second-round guy, I feel like you'd be reaching. And maybe maybe you can target uh, a a guy in the third round. But I feel like especially with interior defenders – it's going to be extremely tough because even the top interior lineman, which would be Jalen Carter, 
has such a weird situation going on on off off the field problems that it could c- come down to him having like a Lyle Collins type of of uh, you know draft selection just because teams may not be willing to uh, <laughs> may not be willing to waste their top pick. Yeah, I'm, uh, not, I'm not willing to do that. No, and that and I really feel like that may happen, which is sad because this guy was considered like a guy that could have gone number one overall at one point. And yeah, the whole the whole scandal that he's going through. Ah, good luck, I'll say. But there are other you know quality guys there, but there's no way they're going to drop to the Rams. You basically, I, I think the best shot, you know, is a guy like maybe Keanu Benton. <laughs> and that would be a, a huge reach in my opinion uh, in the second round. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss more in depth guys, but um, and on a later, uh, maybe we, we can uh, get another um, uh, guest on, on the show for that. But, uh, but yeah, as far as edge rusher, Interior defensive lineman, it, it's going to be tough, I'll, I'll say, for, for the second-round pick. Yeah, and, and like, if you're going to reach on a position, that's not the position you should reach on. No. Like, definitely. Take a swing at an edge rusher. Take a swing at a cornerback. Um, take a swing at a tackle. You got Aaron Donald there. You've had success in the past, like meaningful success, finding guys to fill those spots through your late picks, through the undrafted free agents. And I think, like, it's really only defensive line and safety that you can really say that about like that. You can actually rely on them to more or less like fill that out. And so we'll see what happens there inside linebacker right now. It's just Ernest Jones and Jay Cummel. Um, But that being said, like this is definitely not a position. I think they should address on day two. You have eight picks on day three. I don't mind adding a little depth there. If you want to go grab somebody, um, or if, I mean, you have 45 roster spots, if you want to just go sign like seven inside linebackers and undrafted for agency and hope one is good enough to play in the NFL, you can do that too. Cause you basically have unlimited spots on this roster right now. Um, but I, I would honestly say that this is pro like, even though it's just one guy, the way the Rams have historically run their defense I think you, this is the position that they probably should take a look at on day two the least because you just don't you don't really need to invest big in it right now. Uh, not not at all. I mean, th- this is. I, I mean, truthfully, linebacker in general is not a very strong class um, in twenty twenty three. There are some guys with a lot of potential, guys that I, I definitely keep an eye out, but. It, there's really no huge name at linebacker, in my opinion, that, you know, gets you really excited. Um, and then to kind of, especially with inside linebacker, to kind of use that when there's like so many millions of difference of needs. It, it wouldn't be the end of the world if the Rams decided to go that route. But at the same time, it's like, why? <laughs> there's so many other needs and yeah, but. I, I would be perfectly fine with the Rams, you know, waiting until, uh, you know, day three to, you know, get some depth uh, behind Ernest Jones. Yeah, and they were able to make guys like Kenny Young and 
Draven Howard like serviceable, like could be on the field, not really doing much. But um, there are other guys we've had over the years that I'm not going to include here because I don't think they've been good. But yeah, it's after all our groaning about inside linebacker. Look at this, Johnny. They draft one fucking guy, and we're good. We're good for like four years. <laughs> they draft. They did it once. They dressed the position once. I mean, we lost Bobby Wagner in free agency, and we're sitting here saying this. Well, I think part of what makes this a little bit easier is because, I mean, the Rams really barely use dual inside linebacker sets. So, do, do you really want to find a, your a potential starter? to play alongside Ernest Jones when he's going to barely play. I, I just, I, I don't know for me. Yeah. I think it is important to address the position at some point, but it, it can wait till day three. I feel. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, you're not, you're not really looking for a guy to break out and become the elite guy. Not elite is a loose term. Like the, the number one on the depth chart guy, which I would say just about every other position, if you're drafting them on day two, you're hoping they could become a starter. Uh, And ideally more than that, especially at 36. At cornerback, we got Kobe Durant, Darian Kendrick, Robert Rochelle. That's it. That's the end of the list. Uh, I I wouldn't rule out a Troy Hill reunion. He's still sitting out there. that being said, even if they do get Trey Hill back, I would say that, and I have not dug into this draft class at all, so correct me if I'm wrong here. I would say this is probably the most likely direction they would go at 36 as cornerback. Even though there are guys on the roster with promise, like Kobe Durant, I think is a lot of promise. Um, Darian Kendrick, we'll see. Robert Rochelle, you know, I'm not fully out on him yet, though it's not looking likely. Hypothetically, even if two out of those three guys pan out, you still need more cornerbacks. And so, and if like Darian Kendrick pans out, you know, what what does that mean? Like a, a good third cornerback or an average second cornerback? I think that, and I, again, I don't know how the class is. You could tell me if this class sucks. Um, this, maybe it's not the biggest position of need on the roster, but where our draft capital is, compared to where, like, players at these positions usually go, even though, like, elite cornerbacks go high, I feel like historically you could find some value here at cornerback at 36. I mean, we've done it in the past with, like, uh, Janoris Jenkins, I believe, was drafted in the 30s or 40s. I I think this would be the direction you want to go in hypothetically, like, just, like, on paper looking at the, the roster. It would make the most sense. So, um based on like what I've kind of mentioned earlier, um, this is going to be a really interesting draft class because I feel like there's going to be quite a few guys that some quality players that should theoretically be first round picks that are going to fall into the second round, which is great news for the Rams. Um, And and it's great, you know, uh, and cornerback is a draft. uh, This cornerback draft class. Well, I'm not going to sit here and say it is like one of the best, uh, in recent memory. No, that's not necessarily true, but it's still a pretty decent draft class in my opinion. And this is one where 
if the Rams opted to, let's say, draft an edge rusher and they use their third-round pick on, on a cornerback, I think they'd still be in good shape um, because there are, I would say, like four four or five guys that I would say are, are elite guys that may, may or may not make it to the Rams. And if it gets to that point where one of these four or five guys – are available in like, you know, pick 25. I would highly encourage the Rams to, to trade up to get them. Um, and, and, you know, why not? You know, the, especially because like we said, not a whole lot of depth there. And there, there are some really quality guys. I mean, obviously in, in my opinion, the guy that I would love to draft the most is uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Uh, no way he makes it to the Rams. No way he makes it even to pick 25. But, eh, you know, stranger things have happened, and maybe I'm just trying to be overly optimistic. But, you know, there are other quality guys like Jerry Porter, uh, Joey Porter Jr., not not Jerry. Uh, <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. Um, is, is another interesting guy. I, again, I don't necessarily believe he'll be anywhere close to the Rams, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting draft and some of these guys are going to fall to them. And if not, there are still guys that are projected to go in the second round that I'd be okay with if the Rams are like, you know what? We need corner. Let's draft this guy, you know? So I'm, I'm real intrigued to see what the Rams end up doing, uh, whether, you know, using the second round pick or even trading up or waiting to the third, I think it needs to be addressed either either one of these ways. Yeah, it's you like you kind of even more so than edge rusher cuz it's there's usually more high quality cornerbacks. You probably want to leave day 2 with a cornerback. And it would not be a bad thing to do it at 36. And like just looking at I just pulled up like the Pro Football Focus big board. There's four cornerbacks ranked in between 30 and 50 on their board. So, um I don't know if you mentioned these guys. I don't even know if they're good. Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Smith, Tyreek Stevenson, Garrett Williams are all in that range. Um, there's there's usually depth at this position every year, and I think it's a position worth addressing. I, I didn't mention any of those guys, but uh, you know those those are guys that are definitely more realistically speaking going to be there in rounds two and three, um, especially Emmanuel Forbes. I, I would. Absolutely love the idea of drafting him too. It'd be an extremely safe pick, but I'm for it. You know, I, we clearly have the need at, at cornerback, and um, it's it's time to add a little bit more depth at the position. So why not? Yeah, I mean, look, you're probably not walking away with Jalen Ramsey at 36. If you walk nope. away with Tremaine Johnson, you're happy. Like yes. you need a, you need a good cornerback. Are you going to get an elite cornerback here? Probably not, but. Um, before Jalen Ramsey, in the in the years under uh, McVay, before he got here, and even to a lesser extent under Fisher, you got by with a pretty good secondary with good cornerbacks. Nobody was elite, you know. When Akeem Talib came here, he was a little past his prime, but he's still good. Um, so you don't necessarily need to have that one like truly elite guy. That that's a luxury that the majority of the NFL does not have. Going on to safety, <laughs> safety, Jordan Fuller, Quentin Lake, 
Russ Yeast, Richard LeCount. Um, so, I, like, I, I'm not a huge Quentin Lake or Russ Yeast believer at the moment. I definitely think they need to add a safety here. I would say not at 36. Um, I would say, like, it probably would be a good dis- move to look into a safety in the back cat or in the third round. But, like, historically, a lot of the Rams safeties have just kind of been, like, pulled out of a hat. Um, and when they maybe I'm just thinking of the Jordan Fuller, Terrell Burgess draft, but they've had more success finding this position late. And whether it's a correct or incorrect call, even Nick Scott, too, um, I, I think they probably will wait to address safety. And I definitely think they will walk away with, from this draft with one, if not two safeties for sure. Um, but I do, I like my gut tells me it's not going to happen on day two just because of how many other needs we've sat here and talked about. You know, as far as safety is concerned, I, I would be, I mean, again, I, would it be the end of the world if the Rams use their second round pick on a safety? Maybe not, but I wouldn't be exactly thrilled about it, especially because in my opinion, this is one of the worst safety classes I've seen in quite some time. Uh, you know, there's certainly guys in there that are definitely worth taking a look at. But um, as far as like elite safeties, your best one is is Brian Branch, who the Rams are not going to be able to touch at all. And then just depending on how teams are valuing the safety position this year, you know, there's going to be a lot of reaches if, you know, uh, teams in the later rounds want to go safety. Um, and then, you know, go after maybe like a, an Antonio Johnson or something like that. But to tell you the truth, I, I, I definitely wouldn't encourage, you know, trying to, to pursue a guy like, like that, you know, it certainly has potential and I think he can be a great player, but um, I think for what the Rams need, this would be, as much as a luxury pick as the Rams could possibly get, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, if the Rams wanted to draft uh, a safety in like the fourth round or something like that, I'd be okay with it. Um, because at that point, you, you know, there's still some quality guys that will likely be there. Um, they, they'll, you know, they'll be like a work in progress, but yeah, if the Rams are looking to try and add a safety this year, it's going to be real tough. Um, you're probably going to be essentially in the same position um, as they are with Quentin Lake and and uh, Russ East, you know, potential there, yes, um, but they will have a lot to prove, which is why I'm more hoping that they're going to pursue a guy like John Johnson and free agency, but yeah. I'm home <laughs> in, in the McVeigh Sneed regime, they've drafted safeties three times on day two, uh, 2017. They got John Johnson at 91, 2019. They got Taylor Rapp at 61 and 2020. They got Terrell Burgess at 104. So, you know, two for th- or one for three, I guess maybe one and a half. Uh, I would say Taylor Rapp at sixty-one is a bad pick, even though he did some stuff. Um, but in those two drafts where they missed, 
2019, they got Nick Scott in the seventh round. 2020, they got Jordan Fuller in the sixth. So I feel like even though they did have that one success with John Johnson in the third, um, it, it tells me, and like, it's hard to gauge this historically because we've, we've never picked this high in this new regime. Um, our, our highest pick is fucking Gerald Everett. So my, my gut just, and I mean, just like with the way they've drafted offense with their early picks, I really, really doubt they go safety at 36. Unless like you said, Brian Branch is there at 36, in which case they probably go safety at 36, but, uh, an unlikely world. Did I miss anything defensively? I think we kind of hit it all, right? No, we covered it all defensively. Love an organic spot for a commercial break. So we're going to throw a sponsor in here and we'll be back with the offense. Okay, we're back with the offense. There is no actual break in our recording here. Let's let's keep going backwards. Keep highlighting uh, these positions we don't often highlight. Actually, we talk about offensive line all the time. What the fuck am I getting on? We actually have a lot of our line back. Brian Allen, Tremaine Ancrum, AJ Curie, Logan Bruss, Rob Havenstein, Alaric Jackson, Joseph Noteboom, Coleman Shelton, Zachary Thomas. Um, Zach Thomas, again, a player I do not remember being on the team. Uh, <laughs> everyone else I know. So... It's such an interesting group because, like, we did see a lot of promise from a lot of these guys um, in the, the second half of last season, and we haven't seen Logan Bress play at all. And, but at the same time, there's no anchor here. Like, in this group, there's no nobody anchoring this line. I think Rob Havenstein's our, our most proven guy and our best guy, and I don't think he's ever going to be like the best part of a really good offensive line he wasn't when Andrew Edwards here but he was certainly a great cog in the rotation and so like we are in an interesting place because I do ultimately like I do I do not think they are going to draft an offensive lineman at 36 like I I feel it in my bones that that is not going to happen but it would be a probably it would be a good decision if there's a guy you like there, especially a tackle um, that you feel like you can can anchor your line, even though you have you have money invested in Note Boom and Havenstein, um, but like it, it's if we come out of this draft without investing in the offensive line in a meaningful way, you're not going to feel great. But if we like what they do with with the picks, because there's so many positions of need here, I, I'm not like. I do again. I do not feel good about running this offensive line back, but it's not like there. There are so many needs here that I actually would kind of understand if they don't go an offensive lineman on day two. Um, I would be happy if they did, but I feel like they're not going to. And like, unless they go running back, running back receiver on day two, uh, which I'm not ruling out. I will never rule that out because they're psychopaths. Um, I think, like, I think you can, they've talked themselves into crazier shit than believing in this offensive line. So, offensive line in particular is really interesting in the 2023 NFL draft, primarily because it's strong in basically one position 
on the offense offensive line, and that's tackle. And that's why if you see a lot of mock drafts, I don't know how often you pay attention to mock drafts. Um, that's why you kind of see some of these experts, um, you know, projecting the Rams to pick an uh, offensive tackle just because the talent is there, you know? And while I don't think offensive tackle is a priority as much as others people think, I still, you know, if the Rams went out and drafted offensive tackle, I wouldn't necessarily be upset about it um, because, again, this is essentially going to be the future of your offensive line, which obviously is very important. Um, and particularly if some of these offensive tackles um, fall to the Rams in the second round or if there's just one guy that the Rams are just infatuated with and trade up for him, I wouldn't necessarily lose sleep over it. Um, would I be overly thrilled? I mean, are you ever really overly thrilled when you draft an offensive lineman? It's just such a boring pick. It, and and that's sad because I feel like offensive line in general is such an underappreciated position. But, yeah, so as far as tackle is concerned, I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Rams use their second-round pick on, on an offensive tackle. Um as far as center goes, there's there's a, a few centers that the Rams could uh, likely get. But if you're thinking that they're going to be Creed Humphrey, I think you're going to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> we could have had at 57. Yes, and we could have had. Uh, which is why, you know, I, I think it's uh, entirely possible the Rams could still pursue a, a center or maybe go after a guard that can play both guard and center. But here's the thing. Of all the positions, in my opinion, on the offensive line that the Rams need the most is at guard. Uh, and that being said, that is the worst uh, draft class on the offensive line. Because there's just, I mean, there, there's, there's a few good players, don't get me wrong. But it's such a huge drop-off that it's kind of comical. And I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even bother at guard in the draft until like the later rounds, day three, which sucks to say because I think the Rams need that the most. Well, you, you do. You are getting Logan Bruss, who I mean, I, I would be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I sat here saying you have to believe in Logan Bruss. But that is, you know, you're getting a third round pick in the door um, in in him who's coming back from injury. But like, yeah, it's a huge position because. The one offensive lineman you lost, David Edwards, was a starter at guard for, what, three, four years here? So, um, but tackle is a more important position. And the guys like Alaric Jackson and Joseph Noteboom can play some guard. Those are the guys that are going to be competing for that left tackle spot. And, like, we're throwing those names out here. I know we like Alaric Jackson like a lot for what like he's he's given us way more than we thought he would that shouldn't stop you from drafting a left tackle if one of those guys that you love is there and so like if you are going to dip into the offensive line well even though we need guard more at 36 i'd kind of rather aim for a tackle i mean it's kind of interesting um just just kind of looking at some of these guys that could potentially be there in the late first round, 
you know, some of these guys uh, I, I would think would be much higher if the draft class uh, was, you know, anything less. It, it's, it's actually, I, I forget. I, I have a, I have a link open to some of these uh, offensive linemen that are available or, or uh, that um, will be in the NFL draft. And I just can't help but think, I'm like, wow, I, I forget that some of these guys entered the draft because some of these guys are juniors. And I'm like, damn, this is this is a, a star-studded uh, tackle draft class. Yeah, I, that's good to hear because, like, we could always we could always use a tackle. Um, tight end. We'll go to tight end next. We have Tyler Higby, Bryson Hopkins, and our sole acquisition of the offseason, our guy Hunter Long, rounding out the tight end room. Um, I would say, like, I mean – the highest draft pick under Sean McVay was a tight end. So I absolutely cannot rule this out. I will put it to you because tight end is like at this high is usually driven by the prospects on the board. Are there guys that would be worth taking at the position at 36? I mean, ultimately like we've run through all these needs. We haven't even gotten to wide receiver running back. I don't think they should take a tight end at 36, but like just looking at like the, the list of prospects like Mike Michael Meyer from Notre Dame, um, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Are any of these guys in this year's draft a tight end? Like, would you be happy if they walked away with a tight end here? If it's is there a prospect you'd actually like? That's a no. That's a really. hard no. <laughs> I mean, first off, if the if. Michael Meyer or, or Luke Musgrave makes it to the Rams. I think that's that's going to be amazing. Um, so I guess in terms of value, it wouldn't be horrible. But I feel like there are going to be guys that fall into like the third round if you absolutely feel the need to draft the tight end. Um, but again, it's just one of those positions where I feel like there, there's so many other positions that the Rams – could address that tight end really isn't one that I am, you know, chomping at the bit to, you know, address. And, you know, there are other guys that, you know, will be available later, you know, guys like Darnell Washington who have, you know, gained a lot of notoriety lately because of his pro day. And, um, you know, I, I would absolutely love to 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 get a guy like Darnell Washington, but again, I don't know if he's even going to be there in the third round. His stock has risen quite a bit lately. I don't know, man. I I, I think if the Rams do draft tight end, it'll be much later. It, it's a position group where, and I correct me wrong. I think Tyler Higby's a free agent after this year, right? Not that, like, I don't think he's going to command a lot of money. I feel like they could probably bring him back pretty easily. But it's a position group where, you know, you still have Higby, and he he's he's fine. He's a, he's a solid tight end. He's a top 20 tight end, probably. If they walk away with on day two with a tight end that we could talk ourselves into, I'd, I'd, I'd feel pretty okay with it. If they don't walk away from day two or – anywhere in the draft for the tight end. I mean, that's fine too. 
Um, like you said, like there are more important positions and we have a guy who's reliable enough. So like, yeah, it's, I, I think like, it's kind of how I feel about safety. Like I would rather take swings this high in the draft at other positions. Um, here now we're, we're 45 minutes in. We're getting to the fun positions, Johnny wide receiver in the building. We have Cooper cup. Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson, Tutu Atwell, Ben Skronik, Lance McCutcheon, Austin Trammell. Allen Robinson is still here. Um, it remains to be seen if he will be traded. If he doesn't get traded, a, cu- a cut doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It seems like they will try to make it work at least to start the year. This is uh, this is the position group I'm most curious to see what they do in the draft because – it wouldn't shock me if they draft a receiver at 36. It wouldn't shock me if they don't draft a single receiver in the entire draft. Uh, because, I mean, you have arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You have some guys here that you could, like, I think they probably do need to add a pass catcher. Even though you hear this list, that's two second round picks and a guy we're paying 15 fucking million dollars next to Cooper Cup. And I still think they need to add a pass catcher. But, like, like, yeah, there are guys here, like, you could talk yourself into Tutu Atwell being an option. You could talk yourself into Lance McCutcheon maybe continuing to progress and being an option. I think people in the building have talked themselves into Van Jefferson as a legitimate two or three, but definitely a starter. Um, you could talk yourself. I will not be talking myself into this, but some people can talk themselves into Allen Robinson bouncing back. And so it's, I think, you know, we mentioned the best player available thing. I think this is probably the the most blatant. They should not draft a receiver unless it is a really fucking good prospect at 36 that's sitting there. Um, you definitely should not reach for a receiver at 36. It seems insane. But how how are you feeling about receivers, Johnny? So this is interesting. So let me answer your question with a question. In your opinion, as the Rams' current depth chart right now, if the Rams were to add a wide receiver, what type of wide receiver should the Rams add? What Allen Robinson theoretically is bringing to the table, I think, is what they need. Right, and and I'd agree with you. And basically, in terms of top prospects – um, for that type of wide receiver, the only guy that, in my opinion, is is worth drafting really high for is Quentin Johnston. And there's no way that this guy is going to the Rams. The Rams, even if the Rams traded into the first round, he is no way falling far enough for the Rams to tra- trade for him. The rest are really, really small guys. There's a there's a mixture here and there, but there are the rest are really small guys that are pretty much speedsters. So unless you really want to try another Tutu Atwell experiment, I I really don't see the need of drafting a wide receiver this year. Um, you know I I know some people, especially the SE fans, they'll try and and say, well, what about Jordan Addison? 
don't get me wrong. I, I think Jordan Addison is is a is a good player. But I, I feel like for the type of wide receiver the Rams need, he he isn't the mold that the Rams need. He isn't the type of player that the Rams need to address. And not only that, he's, there's no way he's making it to the Rams either. So, yeah, it, this, is, this is a position, in my opinion, at least with the second, maybe even the third round, that I would just skip. And, and like... Yeah, if you're not going to go it in the second. Like we had like I feel like the guy like you're taking swings in the the third round that you've already taken before and kind of missed. Um like this is I think it's just PTSD PTSD here with the receiver. Like we've we have hit definitively hit on what one wide receiver in the last 15 years. Like this predates less need. Uh, how long it's been since I mean we have Cooper Cup so it's it's not like we've never hit on a wide receiver but we have not really hit on any other wide receivers going back a really long time and tons of guys have shown potential Donnie Avery flashed it Chris Gibbons flashed it Stemmon Bailey flashed it even Tavon Austin flashed a, a whole lot of it um, but it's just I'm so spurned by wide receiver that I I like I don't really want them to draft one at all early. I don't know. Spend your nine million dollars that you have on Odell if you feel that strongly that you need to add a receiver here because they just they have not historically done well here. Um, Cooper Cup is the exception. He's not the the norm. So let me make something very clear here before everyone's like, you know, up in arms about my comment here. Uh, that's not to say, you know, some of these smaller guys aren't going to be big, uh, big playmakers. I mean, one of the biggest playmakers uh, in, in NFL history, you know, Steve Smith wasn't exactly a huge target. So um, I, I definitely believe that, you know, some of these smaller targets are going to make a huge impact. In fact, one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft, Zay Flowers, is not very big. And he's, you know, I, I still wouldn't necessarily want him on the Rams um, just because I don't feel like he's necessarily the type of player um, that or the type of receiver that the Rams need at the moment. Um, not that the Rams would even come close to, to being able to draft Zay Flowers in the first place. But you get what I mean. Um, you know, just because they're uh, smaller wide receivers doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't going to be good. Just it would be kind of a luxury pick and, you know, not the real impact touchdown machine that the Rams need. Yeah. And like, and they, but to be fair, they also need what Tutu Atwell theoretically would bring to the table if it was a successful pick. You know, like, they could use that guy, too. Uh, unfortunately, they have two of these, like, not to be mean here, like, empty shells of players that profile to what we're looking for that are not even giving us close to what we would actually want out of what we brought them in for. Um, and, and, you know, that is true. That is true. You're absolutely right. You can um, theoretically look for, you know, that uh, – receiver that stretches the field 
Um, but there are there are guys later rounds that that can address that real quick. Um, you know, a good example of that, Marvin Mims. You know, you could probably get in like the mm, any any relation. To tell you the truth, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I will, I'm going to look that up in a second. But uh, Marvin Mims is is a um, receiver out of Oklahoma. He super quick, absolutely quick. And one of my main reasons of drafting Mims wouldn't necessarily be a guy to basically replace what Tutu Atwell could have been, um, but to be an actual return specialist. So um, clearly that's going to be a need also. So uh, yeah, Marvin Mims is definitely a guy that I would absolutely take a flyer on in like say the fourth round if there. Um, according to according to Giants Wire, they are brothers, but I can't find that anywhere else. And I wonder if he's just um, <laughs> I, I I don't think that I don't think they're brothers. I I think that's actually kind of wild that that snuck in there. There's no other indication on the internet that they are related. So, um, I've been wrong about a Mims before, so maybe I'm wrong about this one too. <laughs> well, it's a it's a lot it's a lot easier to forgive taking a swing at a receiver in the third round than at 57 with your first pick when you're reaching for a guy that badly. It's that's that's the nice thing about having a couple picks here. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think they're at 36. Running back. So we are bringing back Cam Akers, Kieran Williams, Ronnie Rivers. As crazy as this may sound, Johnny, not only do I think they will walk away from day two with a running back, I kind of want them to. I kind of want them to. I, like, I think at 36... Um, and you know, I I stand by what where I've stood for a while in that if there is a way to acquire Bijan Robinson, whether it's trading up into the late twenties like we talked about, they could, or him just like I don't think he's falling to thirty six. I think somebody would trade up early in the second round if he makes it past day one. Um, I think the Rams would trade up a couple of picks to do it. I would be for it. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, I genuinely think that they will look for a running back at 69. Um, is that where we're picking 69, 67, 69. Nice. I, 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 I think they, I, I think they're coming away with a running back in one of these three picks, even though Cam Akers is still here. They've been so mercilessly chasing this fucking position for so long since Todd Gurley, uh, kind of petered out here. I just I don't see the pursuit stopping because of four good games from Cam Akers. Um, do I think it's the right call? I think it depends who's there. I think um, like at thirty six, if if you're getting Bijan, like that that top of the top running back prospect, then sure. Um, but this is a pretty deep class, no. And like I've seen mock drafts where we get your boy Zach Charbonnet at, at sixty nine, which I think. Um, Based on my limited research of the draft, he seems like a pretty solid prospect, and I feel like at that, like correct me wrong, at at sixty nine, if you walk away with a guy like that, who I'm, I'm assuming would be 
one of the top three or four running backs going in this draft, you, we'd probably all be okay with it. Absolutely. Um, if uh, let's start with Zach Charbonnet here for a second, with 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 Zach, I think if you're able to get him with your third round pick, it's a home run. You know, I I, I think that that's absolutely what you want because I, I think that he would actually make a a good um, a nice tandem with with Cam Akers initially. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Cam Akers is a free agent after the season, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I will confirm real quick right now. Okay. Well, while Steve's looking up that, uh, I'm going to gush over Zach Charbonnet, you know, being a Bruin and all that. Um, but yeah, Zach, Zach is definitely a guy that's not going to necessarily impress you with his speed. He's, he's definitely not the fastest running back in the draft, but he does things very well as a, all-around type of running back. He's someone that has keeps his balance extremely well, and he's just a playmaker, which is exactly the type of running back that you want. You don't necessarily have to be the fastest to produce, you know, for a team. So, yeah, ha- ha- drafting him in the third round would be a home run in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, like, y- you – if you're going running back as high as 36, like if you're with all these needs we've talked about, if you're not getting the guy, you should probably just wait um, because you do have Cam Akers in there. There's reaching for a running back at 36 would be a horrible decision. Having the having one of the best guys fall close to you, or maybe like trading up a little to get him, I I think like we saw what he, McVay did with Todd Gurley, how much uh, how. The offense was so much more effective when he was at the top of his game. Um, I would not be upset with chasing after that guy. Uh, and if you don't get him, like, even if Cam Akers, even if that little renaissance was real, doesn't hurt to have another guy in the building. Like you said, he's a free agent after this year, and I'd be really, really surprised if, if they gave him another contract. Let's make one thing clear, though. If the Rams can be in a position to draft Bijan Robinson, you do it. This guy is ridiculous, man. Um, I I would absolutely trade up to get him. I realize this may not be a huge need, but, man, I, I can only imagine what he can do for your offense, and uh, I, I'd just be ecstatic to have him, man. It's the same thing. Like, wide receiver is not a massive need, but – if the draft treated wide receivers like running backs, I would be screaming from the hilltops to trade up to the late twenties and draft one. Um, and like, do you do you think Bijan will be there at like twenty seven? Because um, I feel like he's like I feel like the league is not the league has just changed. I don't really know if anyone would go running back super high and just looking like let's even if I I don't he's not gonna go top ten even if we start at like. The Titans at 11, doubt it. The Texans at 12, doubt it. The Jets at 13, no. The Patriots at 14, doubt it. Packers at 15, no. Commanders at 16, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Steelers at 17, probably not. The Lions at 18, I really doubt it. Bucks at 19, I, I, I don't think they go that direction given where their quarterback's at. Uh, Seattle at 20, they're not doing it. Chargers at 21, that's interesting. 
Um, Ravens at 22. That's interesting. Vikings at 23. That's interesting. So, okay. Um, but then, but then if those teams don't take him, it's Jags, Giants. They're not taking him. Cowboys. Hmm. Bills at 27. If he falls past, if he does, if he falls past them, they're insane. And I feel like 26 is a sweet spot where you'd have to trade up for him. It, it is going to be very interesting to see who ends up drafting Bijan because normally, like, I, I feel like teams would actually value him much higher. But because the running back position has diminished, or at least the value has diminished so much that him sliding all the way down to the 20s is possible. But, I mean, really shouldn't. And, you know, if if he, like, somehow gets into, like, the mid to late 20s, I don't – I'd be kind of upset if the Rams don't try and make a – at least attempt to make a, a, a play at him because uh, I, I just I, – I think he's going to be a, a, a solid running back in the NFL. I really do. And, yeah, I I think there's a lot of teams that could – Go at him personally. I I don't think he makes it past the Bucks. Wow! Unless there's a team that trades above them, I think the Bucks pick him. Okay, I agree with you. It wouldn't that wouldn't shock me, but I don't know. Like, I don't really see him going any earlier. Like, really, in any scenario than Commanders at sixteen, and I don't really see that. Um, I could see the Bucks, uh, but like, yeah, once you get into twenties, like even in the late twenties, like if he's actually there, Cowboys, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs. Um, even the Saints kind of do a lesser extent, and I mean, even the Bengals, given their situation, I don't, I don't think he'd fall out of the first round. And so you would, if he does slip, you would have to go up and get him. And then it's like there are other teams that probably would look up, look into going up and getting him. Look at the Cardinals. You look at the, um, the Panthers, the the Falcons. There, there's definitely teams that could use him. The Bears. I don't know. Let's get to quarterback here. So, Johnny, here's the quarterbacks on the roster. Matthew Stafford. That's it. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a controversial thing to say. I don't think they should draft a single quarterback in this draft. I feel like it is a waste. I feel like they're they're not going to get a franchise guy at 36. Because, for all, like all you said, I think all these guys are going to go high. If if somebody like if somebody has a like a Malik Willis, uh. Lamar Jackson type slide and you and you feel like that's the best way to set up your future sure but assuming those guys aren't there what the fuck are you going to do with a quarterback in the third round what where is that guy going to get you nowhere you have Matthew Stafford you're buying into Matthew Stafford unless you can get a first round caliber quarterback I just think it's a, a complete waste of time and I'd rather just sign a vet yeah, this uh, as I mentioned earlier, this uh, a lot of these guys are gonna you know guys that are worth drafting in like the first three rounds are gonna go in like the top ten. You know, obviously Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, those are your top guys. They're gonna be selected in the first two picks most likely. Um, beyond that, there are gonna be teams that are desperate enough that are going to make Will Levis, you know, a guy that – the funny thing is you look at some mock drafts, 
some are saying that the Rams will, will select him in the second round. I'm like, dude, he ain't even making it past the top 10. He ain't going <laughs> to come down to the second round. What the hell are you guys thinking? No, I, I think that Will Levis is going to be a top 10 pick, which is absurd to say because while I do think Will Levis has potential, I don't think he's a top 10 player. I, I don't. I really don't. Um, and I would absolutely welcome the Rams drafting Will Levis in the second round uh, if, if he's there, but he's not going to be. And that that's, you know, and, and basically you got another guy in Anthony Richardson who who can certainly um, make it out of the top 10 possibly. But again, you know, there are teams out there like the Raiders that may be like, well, are we all that confident in Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, so yeah, I, I can easily see a team reaching and getting Anthony Richardson as well. And yeah, the, then the rest are, I, I I would be pissed if the Rams use their second round pick on like a Tanner McKee or a Hendon Hooker, you know, or even Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's my boy and all, but uh, no, I I don't, I mean, realistically speaking, Dorian Thompson Robinson is not going anywhere near the second round, but you get what I mean. Yeah. If the Rams are really that desperate to try and get a quarterback in the second round, it's going to be a failed draft. It, unless, like you said, you know, a guy just somehow just drops, uh, which is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe in like the, if they want to throw on a flyer, like a fifth or sixth round pick, they, they don't have a fifth round pick, right? No, they don't have a fourth round pick. They have three fifth round picks. They're all, they're all compensatory. They're really late. Uh, um, and then they have, I think three early sixth round picks. So they pick six uh, times in like a pretty close radius in the fifth and the sixth, end of the fifth, early sixth. They don't pick in the fourth. Yeah, so there you have it. I mean, you know, if you wanna if you wanna throw a flyer on a fifth rounder, I guess why not? Um, but personally, I I would just either either draft a or, or get an undrafted free agent, or preferably get a veteran, whatever is available at this point. Right. And because it's like, you got to look at it this way too. We have our pick in 2024. If Stafford is healthy and the team is bad, it's probably a lot on him. Like not, not saying like if he's healthy and good, the team's going to win 15 games. Like, but they will, they, they should be in the mix for the seven spot. If he's healthy and looks really good, if he's healthy and is bad, then they're going to be bad. And then you should draft a quarterback next year. Um, because the benefit of taking a quarterback high is you get a long runway on the rookie contract for cheap. And so I, I just like, you're not getting, you're not getting a franchise guy in the third round. It, it rarely happens. Uh, the Rams history of drafting players tells me they, w- they would not happen with them. And so like, yeah, I, like, I guess if, if there's a, if they have a quarterback who they gave a third round grade, who's there in the fifth round, yeah, fuck it, let's let's do it. But I, I, I just think it's kind of a waste. Like, and I think we're, I'm glad we're kind of both on the same page because, yeah, like if Anthony Richardson falls to 36, like, yeah, sure, take the shot, whatever, why not? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, no way. I, 
It, this this is why I feel like um, it's going to be an interesting draft. I, I feel like the trades are not done yet. I do think teams are going to trade into the top 10 to take one of these quarterbacks, which I think is kind of a mistake, but, you know, I, I can understand why they'd want to. Um, but overall, it, it's going to be it, it's going to be one hell of a draft. I, I am looking forward to this. I know I kind of look forward to this a little more than Steve does, but you know, we have a second round pick. I'm excited. I love the draft, but I don't watch college football. So that's kind of where like, I, I just don't know really a lot about these prospects and I haven't, I haven't started my research yet. I will talk heavy draft next week. I think assuming nothing happens, I'm pretty confident nothing happen will happen. Nothing's gonna happen. Um, and yeah, like just like looking at the draft, just in the top 11 picks, the Panthers, the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, the Falcons, and the Titans all pick in the top 11. Okay? Those teams could all use a quarterback. I think the Panthers, the Texans, and the Colts are probably all taking a quarterback. And, like, the Falcons at 8, like, there's the Bucks at 19, the, the Commanders at 16, uh, I mean, shit, even the Patriots at 14, the Packers at 15, the Jets at 13, not the Jets, uh, assuming that trade goes down. There's there's just, there's no fucking way one of the first-round quarterback prospects falls to us. I feel like there's absolutely no shot. And so, at that point, I think it's a waste of time. Take your swings elsewhere. We have a lot of holes on this roster. And theoretically, quarterback is not one of them. And I think... The fate of this team depends on quarterback not being one of those holes. And we should, for better or worse, put our fucking blinders on and hope for the best at quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm all for passing on quarterback this year. And you know, I always preach from the mountaintops about the importance of a backup quarterback when you're a contender. We're not a contender. So nope. <laughs> we don't need to invest in that this year. Next year. Next year, we'll bring back Baker after a mediocre season in Tampa Bay. All right. We've gone for a really long time, Johnny. Uh, so let's send our viewers home, listeners. We don't do video. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny5.6, at Talk Rams. We'll see you guys next week.